Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Real spoilers powered by ReviewSTL.com. Warning, the following film discussion will ruin the ending of any movie you haven't seen. Example... Bruce Willis is dead at the end of The Sixth Sense. See how I ruined it for you? Just like that. Here are a few more. Silent Breed is people! I am the father. Get it? Real spoilers. You've been warned. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude, this is Real Spoilers 281. King Arthur, the sword of the stone, or the sl- the sword in the swamp. The- King Arthur, legend of the snore. Yeah. That's all you need to know. Woof. Yeah. I, I still don't get it. If it's King Arthur, then the legend of the sword. So pick, pick which one. You want to be King Arthur, the legend, or Excalibur, the legend of the sword. It just bot. You know what? I think it bothers it- me because they're like, well, if there's a, a disconnect. There. If you had seen the movie... Yes. It would bother you even more. Yeah. I'm already bothered. Yes. I think Excalibur had it in his contract. He's like, yeah, don't put my name on this movie. (laughs) He's like, I'm not. Yeah. So uh, before we dig in too much, let's go around the table and everyone can say where to find them. This is Dan. This is Kevin. And this is... You can find me here. Yeah, sorry. Oh, sorry. I'm tired. (laughs) And this is Tom. There we go. But yes, you can find us here. Happy Mother's Day. Uh, So, (laughs) so unless uh, you went and took your mother to go see King Arthur, the Legend of the Sword, then you're a horrible, (laughs) horrible child. I'm trying to think. I I did take. uh, I believe it was my grandmother, and I took her and 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 my old uh, mother-in-law to see Seven. When it uh, came out, I think that that was probably. I'm trying to think like, what's the worst thing movie that I took like a family member to? Yeah, at least it's a good movie though. Yeah, yeah it's a dark cute. movie, but a good mo- but a good movie. It was my grandmother, and I yeah. took her to see Seven. So that <laughs> I was, mean, I I get it, I, I get it. It was that, but this is the worst offense. Taking to see this yeah, at least, movie. At least you had to see a good movie. If, yes, yeah, if inappropriate, it was well made. Right. So. It's hard to make that case at the time walking but, out, but that's fair. Well, that was something. <laughs> now, maybe if you went and took your grandmother to see Antichrist. Oh. <laughs> that might be inexcusable. Yeah. I think the other thing was, uh, wasn't was Reservoir Dogs. It was maybe... Clockwork Orange, whatever we were watching. Oh, yeah. And she, like, ran out of the room. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. That would be rough. I can't imagine watching Clockwork Orange with my grandmother. That just... (laughs) Uh, I I can't say they technically did. Right, right. (laughs) That's fair. Some of it. Yeah. So, I guess let's let's dive into this movie. Uh, So, first of all, just to get it out of the way of, like, what this movie is, an origin story for King Arthur, you know, uh, the story of Excalibur, like, what is this movie? This is... What Guy Ritchie's trying to do here is make Snatch in medieval times. Yeah. Like, he's not trying to tell a traditional King Arthur Knights of the Round Table story. Which, in theory, I'm fine with. Right. And, and But what was weird about this movie is that it didn't it didn't do that enough. You know right. what I mean? Like, if you're, it, it was weird. It would be kind of traditional, and then all of a sudden, there'd be, like, four or five minutes where it turns into Snatch. Right. And then it would just kind of go back to this really kind of boring, bastardized version of of 
King Arthur. Yeah, the the worst offense is it's incredibly boring. It clocks in at two hours and six minutes, and Ooh. it is a complete snooze fest. Yes. So I would say that's the worst offender. And then the second worst offender, and there's a lot of offenders in this movie, but the second worst offender is that it doesn't know what it wants to be. And right. To your point, it's it's so disjointed, it's so weird in its tone, and, and the fact that it goes back and forth between this heist movie, criminal movie, fast-talking, disjointed editing, Del- Guy Ritchie-ness. Deliberately anachronistic, which yeah. can be fun. Oh, you know, I mean, but, but, Great Gatsby I enjoyed. Yeah. I love Moulin Rouge. I love, there's there's a ton of movies that, that do that very, very well. You know, uh, This is not one of them. A Knight's Tale. Yeah. Yeah, there's a yeah. lot of movies that I mean, you know, there's there's a ton that we could that that have pulled it off, but but everything about this movie was bad. I mean, the CGI was bad, and 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 it turns into a real CGI fest because this movie, like, to give it credit, like in theory, it brings back magic and it brings back like the idea of mages and mm-hmm. Merlin. Mm-hmm. So the 2004 film starring Clive Owen and Keira Knightley was more just swords. It, it wasn't. I had magic. completely forgotten that yeah. film existed. I had until I was sitting in the theater, and that movie was not good. But I was like, "Oh, I think it, I think it was Max Foyze." Was like, "Well, remember they did this? They did this about ten years ago." And I was just like, "What are you yeah. talking about?" And he's like going through. Yes. I'm like, and I'm like, I have zero recollection. Yeah. Even as you're telling me of this, like it's it's jogging nothing in my memory. Like I was literally it, going back to like Excalibur. Was this that is, the last time. They did okay, it? so this is funny because this and Tarzan get like a, a, a ten to 15, every ten to fifteen year reboot. Right. Yeah, and <laughs> because everybody forgets the last right. time they made it, and it's in the public domain. Yes, so they don't have to pay anyone. Exactly, but yeah. they have to put that space between it, right? Yeah. So that's 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 the thing with this. Like, it's just like the Schumacher Batman movie, right? Mm-hmm. So, like when Batman and Robin came out, they had to wait. Nolan couldn't just jump on there and be like, "Let's reboot this." Like it was like we have to kind of forget about that. Yeah, and it's the same with these but, movies. But they didn't wait so long that they, you know, they waited, but they yeah. used the proper amount of time to like be it's nothing like that and we'll yeah. prove it to you right yeah. which is what they did yeah they're like so there was still a little residual sure. bad taste so for those right. who like you know the fans basically were you know people forgot and then the fans were like uh-uh yeah and they're like no 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 you'll see yeah so there was still a little bit of a, a sour right. taste from the the schumacher ones but yeah, so I mean, I like the idea in theory. I like the idea they added magic and Merlin back to it. You know, or the idea of Merlin because he's not in this movie. I was going to say, wait, other than was they, Merlin in this? I don't remember. They that. show him one time and they yeah. mention him. I there, like. There's I, a mage, the main wizard, or well, okay, the main mage in the movie. Well, I thought Jude Law was Merlin. No, 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 no. Uh, no. See, oh no, you just wait. The he's, main mage in this movie, who who does all the magic in the movie, is called Mage. She's a mage. Her yeah. only referred to as mage. And, so we don't and, even get Merlin. I was thinking of Madge. Yeah. Sorry. Totally <laughs> different. The, and then the other disappointing thing is when he gets the sword from the stone, it's called sword. <laughs> sword. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, even though this is in the public domain, we couldn't get the rights to use yeah, any of the. Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, I like the idea that that they brought and introduced magic back into it, unlike the 2004 version. But the CGI is terrible, and all the special effects are terrible, and it turns into it. It looks like, and I don't mean to be disrespectful to video games because video games now make more money and oh, cost yeah. more money than a lot of films out there. Like, you know, Call of Duty movies, hundreds of millions of dollar budget. They make a billion dollars in a day, whatever, right? So I'm not being disrespectful, but when I go to see a movie, I'm not going to see a video game, right? Right. Like, but the CGI cutscenes were almost entirely CG and, and portions, and it was awful. So, like, I had no fun watching the CGI action scenes in this movie. Yeah. They were just boring. I, I honest to God, I fell asleep during the movie. Yeah. Really? I fell asleep for about 20 minutes. I'm pretty sure I did too, at least two times. I don't think for as long, but like I definitely was dozing off. And I went to see an 8 o'clock movie, so it's not like it started at 10. Like, yeah. But I'm telling you, about half hour into this movie, I just, the eyes were getting heavy. It was, it was just, tough. I don't understand why, you know, it's the same thing that they do with comic books in a lot of ways, is that you have this great story to pull from, mm-hmm. and then they don't want to pull from it. But they want right. to make the characters. And I'm like, then why are you bothering? You know, and King Arthur, there's there's a there's a lot of great King Arthur stories. And and why are we telling this one? So, okay, let me synopsize. 
since I haven't seen it. Right. Because I know the story. Blind Man Synopsis? Sure. Oh, we have well, no hundred episodes. No and, way. And it's like, let's see if it if it holds true to the okay. story. Please. No way you so, get it right. So no the way. movie, okay, so the movie opens, uh, and we meet Uther Pendragon, who is Arthur's father. And uh, Uther uh, talks to Merlin. Um, you know, Uther has Excalibur at this time already, and uh, but he's violent and and prone to violence and and ruling. You know, uh, with fear uh, rather than uniting the kingdom. Um, and he decides to make uh, a truce with uh, another king. I can't remember. And they and they join together, and. Um, you know, so Merlin's pleased, and then of course uh, Uther has lusts after this other uh, leader's wife, and they immediately start fighting again. And Uther asks Merlin to uh, disguise him so he may uh, make his way uh, with this other king's wife, and he does, and impregnates her. And uh, that uh, Merlin's deal is okay. Uh, if you, I'll let you uh, deceive this woman and be with her. And but what becomes of that relationship belongs to me, and that ends up being Arthur. Close? No, any, but uh, it's much, you, it's any much of more this so far. Sounds very uh, Uther's in it. You got the Uther okay, part yeah, right. So, okay. uh, that sounds like a much more. But interesting it's much story. more interesting than the story we had to say. So that has not happened so far. Okay. So okay. So basically, this is how it starts. So Uther Pendragon rules his kingdom. He's beloved. He's a great king. Uh, he, there, right, they've already screwed it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, there's an invasion, uh, of like bad mages basically mm-hmm. coming to the kingdom mm-hmm. to destroy it. And so Uther wields Excalibur. Uh, when, when anyone that wields Excalibur holds it, it starts glowing blue, not just when orcs are nearby, but <laughs> it, it glows blue. And then you can swing it and like, it just causes explosions. And like, like <laughs> well, and, and I kind of like how they showed Excalibur yeah. in that it like almost like time kind of freezes. Yeah, and and so you can win these battles because like you're just seeing the world in a way that no one else is. Now mm. that being said, it's also very derivative of how so, Sherlock yeah. Holmes fights. Clearly, that's where he's right from his own. You know, yeah, and it's like, and, and I like that aspect of Sherlock Holmes of that. Of of his version of Sherlock Holmes is that Holmes can beat you in fisticuffs because he's smarter than you and right. he's thinking five steps ahead of yeah. you. And Predictive so, analysis. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, I'm like, I, I kind of like that. You yeah. you need to inject some action into this franchise for it to be a Hollywood thing. That the concessions must be made. At least you figured out a way to make it work within the confines of that character. And it's smart. And it's smart. And but you don't need to make concessions to make King Arthur action oriented. So there's the key. There's there's another one of the number. I mean, it's it's high up there on the list of offenders. So I I can't necessarily order them because this movie's terrible and there's a hundred bad things about it. But there's no good action in it. So when you go to see a King Arthur movie, you want to see some badass sword fights, right? right? Was there one badass sword fight? Unless it happened while I was asleep. No, there's yeah. not. So. Eric Bana plays King Uther, who I really like. I think he was good in this. I mean, he's around for five minutes. You know, yeah. he's given nothing to do. But uh, I thought he was good in the movie. You know, the the you know the costumes were fine. His portrayal was good. So King Uther wields Excalibur. It glows blue. He's able to defeat the uh, you know the threat that comes to town, uh, the evil monster and mages that are attacking. But he has a jealous brother. So that's where Jude Law comes in. Uh, Jude Law is is jealous, and his what is his name? Vortic is it? Vortigern? Is that the one? Yeah, Vortigern. He is jealous of the king and everything. And of course, once they have Arthur, I mean, it gets very Hamlety. That's what it reminded me of. It's Arthur is next in you know line of succession to the throne. He gets jealous and he basically sacrifices. He makes a sacrifice in order to get this demonic magical power that enables him to kill Uther. He basically has Uther killed, but in the process before he dies, Uther is able to hide baby Arthur away on like, a boat. Like Moses. Like Moses. I wish Joe was here to read yeah. to, you know. We read. all love his retelling of the story yeah. of Moses. Yeah. From Krypton? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. So, Uther's able to put baby Arthur on a boat, sends him down the river. Uther is killed, uh, but he is able to, and we find out later how, but he is able to protect the sword Excalibur in stone. Right. And so now the evil brother Vortigern does not have access to Excalibur. So he is usurped his brother, taken over the throne. 
but he does not have Excalibur and he does not have the love of the people. So meanwhile, flash forward, well, not really flash forward. So meanwhile, baby Arthur down the river, uh, down the Nile is sent and uh, uh, he ends up in a town called Londinium, which is a real town. It's what present day London is. I looked it up at the time back hundreds and hundreds of years ago. It was called Londinium was a settlement. I I thought it was a radioactive isotope. Right. Discovered in London. Well, at first I'm like, it's such a weird name, but it was real. So can't give him crap for that. But uh, he is found by three prostitutes in Londinium who take the baby Arthur in to a brothel and he is raised in a brothel. Like Ch- Chico Marx. Hmm. Didn't know. So uh, that wasn't right, but he did a lot of. That's where he learned to play piano. Mm-hmm. Was in the brothel. Yeah. So that's this is our origin story of Arthur. So instead of Arthur being you know taken in by the wizard Merlin and, like, and growing up as a and squire, trained to be a knight as right. a squire trained by a uh, by a knight and and learning the you know sword play from the best knights and and you know growing up to be a badass. He was raised sweeping and cleaning the floors of he a was, brothel. He was a jizz mopper. I, I mean, that's what else? <laughs> <laughs> and so he grows up to run the brothel. That's like, that is what he becomes. And fast forward to, you know, present day or whatever the movie, you know, fast forward to the main setting of our movie. Right. And uh, they never really give you a time period. We don't get any numbers on the yeah. screen. There is no... It, nor should you. No, I but... Mean, in a King Arthur movie, it, it kind of exists outside. Sure, right. I don't think you want to... Right. You you don't want to prescribe a year to it sure. because then it other it, events it, and then it also yeah. kind of implies that this is taking place within real history and it will lead into real kings and queens and it doesn't sure. and so I mean I'm okay it's with that. fine I just meant yeah. like I don't have a like right. a time is it fourteen hundred is it twelve hundred right. yeah. and was it fifteen yeah. years later or whatever right. but so anyway so he grows up he's he's now we're in medieval Snatchville and I know that sounds kind of dirty well but especially since he's being raised by and he's in a brothel yeah. I know right but but uh, yeah. <laughs> But well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, snatch. That's I got it. Yeah. So so it's weird that this movie opens and the same week that snatched right opens. I know exactly. It's the same. Well, they're trying to be clever for that one. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately, that's about as clever as it gets. I guess. Yeah. So he's so he's so he. This is where we really get into the criminal CD heist type movie fast talking and it just doesn't work so they Guy Ritchie does what he did 20 years ago when yeah. we thought he was a great director right and so you know Arthur's fast talking um Roose Bolton there's there's two guys from Game of Thrones in this movie but uh the actor that plays Roose Bolton if you're a Game of Thrones fan is kind of like wait Ruth Buzzy is in this movie <laughs> I don't even <laughs> yeah she and Jim Neighbors have a, a cameo <laughs> I'll leave that to you too. So she has to pull her purse from the stone. Yeah, what did the like, they were the the way outs the far out space nuts? I oh, one of those. <laughs> that was Bob Denver. Was that was the the way outs or the no far the far out, out space nuts space was, nuts was Bob Denver. There was something also with Ruth Buzzy and Jim Neighbors are like robots. Do you remember what I'm talking? Yeah, about? that sounds vaguely yeah. familiar. Sorry, okay. yeah. going yeah. way back. You, I mean, you don't want this to go that long, so you better keep <laughs> those tangents to a minimum. So basically, so this is where it turns into that fast talking, you know, criminal dialogue, just like when you know Jason Statham, Jason Statham and Snatch, or Brad Pitt is talking, they're fast talking and telling a story and going back and forth, and and this is Charlie Hunnam doing this. He's talking to the Roose Bolton from Game of Thrones, that actor, and uh, this is where it turns into kind of like a. Guy Ritchie Robin Hood movie like yeah like, I compare this to like the the sheriff of Nottingham the tax collector right the, the, the movie it, really loses the Arthurian thread here because yeah. it turns into a, a knockoff of Robin Hood because it becomes about well he has the love of the people and he's going to steal from from the evil kingdom and give to the yeah. poor and it's I'm just like what are you talking about? Arthur, so Arthur, like, instead of to this, I mean, he, he basically is playing like a sheriff of Nottingham type yeah. character. He comes to, and he's like, I know you, you know, where did all this money go? And like, Arthur is currently, they do this again, this like quick cut, disjointed snatch type editing. And Arthur is like constantly hiding away coins since he's a kid. And so now he has treasure chests full of coins because he's hid away all this money. And so this guy's questioning him about what happened and, and, and they, they kind of tell the story backwards and all that stuff stuff so basically it's just like the, the the one of the big problems here not only does it just not work in this arthur type story that resembles robin hood more than anything but charlie hunnam just is not that good of an actor i just don't 
him pulling it wasn't funny i don't think he has the chops to pull off like jason statham telling a story like that it's so hard to say because it's just he he at the same time he's not given great material to work with but have you ever been a fan of charlie hunnam i didn't watch sons of anarchy so like i really don't have a uh, i mean a take on him i think there was i don't think he i didn't watch sons of anarchy either but it was very well liked yeah and it was very successful and went on for a long time and i can't imagine that if he didn't have some capacity to act that yeah, the show would yeah. have maintained with him in the lead. Right. Honestly, women like Charlie Hunnam, and I'm not but trying to be sexist. Know. He's a bi- he's very popular. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I I mean, don't I, think that was their audience though for Sons of Anarchy. I don't remember all, all the ladies I mean, going. Ooh, yeah. I think it ended up having a fairly large female following, larger than they yes. would have thought given the right, subject right. matter. But but. It certainly was not their their target. wasn't like let's cast a hunk. No, it right, wasn't. But know? I think that's what it became. I th- I think the idea of Charlie Hunnam and his popularity with with female viewers. I think that is catapulted. Well, yeah, because he was supposed to do Fifty Shades. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So there was that much love for for him in that show with the ladies that they cast him in Fifty Shades of Grey. Like that's yeah. that is who he became as an actor. And so I think that when we hear Charlie Hunnam, we give him a bit of a pass, but. You would have to tell me the one thing that you've seen, not heard about, that you really like. Wow, that guy is a good actor. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I have no. You idea. would know it. We we've all seen enough movies. You would know it if you had seen it. I'm not saying you can't go back and find something that he was okay in, but right. you don't know the Charlie Hunnam movie that he was really good in. He was in Pacific Rim, and his acting wasn't great. It's not an Oscar-winning movie, but I'm just saying, like, you know, he's never done anything that's really wowed people acting-wise. And so, for me, the problem was that this being a Guy Ritchie film and a heist movie, which, you know, back in Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels and Snatch, there's, there's a lot of comedy involved in these criminal heists. Yeah. And... Charlie Hunnam trying to tell this story and be funny, and he's always cracking jokes throughout the movie. He's just not funny. Yeah, it none. It just none of it works. It, it doesn't. So so anyway, so that's where it really gets messy with the tone of the movie. And it's like you know what he should have just made. He should have just made a King Arthur movie with a good story and good action. And he didn't have to make it a heist. Man, movie. I, I was just like you know like we haven't seen a movie like this in a long time. Like um, a King Arthur. Just straight up, right? D and D type movie. I'm, I'm, I think I'm. I mean, I'm ready for a good, yeah, sort night a night movie. We have not seen a good like action packed. And it sounds like the plan here. It's not going to happen. But the plan here was to like six movies. Like let's make a bunch of these yeah. and tell the entire story. Yeah, well, see, and that's the thing that always. Okay, now so we've seen this with Tarzan, right? And we've seen it now with this. Is that they're they're trying to franchise build, right? So they basically leave out, and they we saw it with Lone Ranger. Yeah, like we're mm-hmm. like they're assuming like we can we could probably you know do two or three of these, maybe three. They're getting ahead of themselves. They and, need to make. And the, so they yeah. they you know they don't want to put invest or, or or blow you know they don't want to cut they don't want to tear through too much of the story right and and that saves some and that's another big problem with this movie is it tells such a tiny fraction of the story like yeah. it all revolves around here's how he got his sword and it's just yeah. like and here's how he became king arthur right this is not a king arthur movie this right. is an arthur movie yeah. the origin of right. king arthur this so is like a, a spider-man movie and he puts on a suit at the end at the end right and then they roll credits and that's literally, literally what happens what literally what happens here hey, that would be people fast yeah. forward he holds a sword up and he's the king at the end that's right. the last scene of the movie and if they want to, and if they want to do something like that what they should have done is they should have harry pottered it and they should have they should have started yes. with the kids story and cast a kid and made yeah. a kids movie and let this let this movie grow up with right. the a generation of kids yeah it, it it really is a mess and then the story is very lackluster and that's why it's so boring it is about nothing so basically what has happened is the king the current king played by jude law this vortigan guy the people hate him you know of course they loved king uther they hate him he rules with an iron fist which could be painful <laughs> but uh, what you're into yeah Dad. but uh you know no no one likes or w- this or was that a netflix joke well, you know what? This movie, I think, had the same choreographers. Iron I don't know where you're going the with it. Yeah, <laughs> no. no. I mean, you know what I compared I thought, to? Oh, sorry. I thought you meant Iron Fisted. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> self Moraga. Yeah. But you know, when I was watching this movie, I thought of Iron Fist one because it's so bad, and two, the action scenes were not exciting. And Man. Iron Fist, who's supposed to be the best martial artist, should have some good action scenes, right? King Arthur, the most legendary knight and swordsman, should yeah. have. Well, I mean, I guess when you're raised in a brothel and not by a knight, that's a different kind of swordsman. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's where we got it wrong. Really, nothing. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, it's, I'm still, I'm it's tame. Yeah, I'm thinking about how bad I this <laughs> was. I'm like, I'm still bad about that. So it's just, it's just, there's no action to keep you interested. So back to Vortigan. So no one likes him. He really, the, he doesn't have the love of the people. And what he's been trying to do is to get Excalibur. He thinks he needs Excalibur because that was the legendary sword and will give him more power. So he's round, he's rounded up all the males that would match, and he is has them go up to the sword. He's ma- making them attempt to pull, to pull it out from the stone, right? So he know it's like it's King Herod when uh, he's trying to kill all the babies to make sure that he gets Jesus. So he basically, he basically, it was in all the papers. It was, yeah. <laughs> but so he basically has all these these guys trying to pull the sword from the stone, which is, I mean, that's a that's pretty faithful. That one snippet there, yes. they're trying to pull a sword out of a yes. stone. There's a sword in the stone. <laughs> yeah. They got they got, they that, got that part right. right. And uh, and so once they do that and they fail, which everyone has done, they brand them. So you know that you've tried that one. Right. You can't vote up. twice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Through a series of events, Arthur basically escapes out the window of the brothel. They know that they did a heist because this is the heist part where he's trying to tell the story and he's basically lying to the sheriff of Nottingham type character they end up finding him out he escapes out of the brothel but he's caught by a couple of other guards and they're like hey you haven't been tested because he's not branded yet so they round him up and they bring him on a big wagon full of these guys to be tested at the stone and then David Beckham yeah because in guy Richie likes David yeah, Beckham, right? Okay. So, so David Beckham is one of the. Guards. I only know that because I read it. Like I, I, I would never yeah. recognize David Beckham. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you could. Okay. No, but, I would. I mean, yeah. it's not weird that you can. I'm just saying. Right, I, right, right. I, okay. I only know it because I read it. I was like, oh, okay. Gotcha. Sure. He doesn't want to be there. Obviously, he was rounded up and he's trying to escape. So he's kind of like cutting the line, and he's like, and Arthur's trying to get this done with, and David Beckham's like, hey, boy, get up there and pull the sword and fail and be done with it. Whatever he says, mm-hmm. and so he goes up to the the stone, and then. You get a big, it's not even that big, but you get, you know, a slow motion, you know, good grip on the sword, slowly pull it out, and then, you know. It's really, I I feel like (laughs) we are talking about an actual sword, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is. this is Excalibur. I don't know so, if the metaphor. No, he's be. not the brothel. They brought him to the okay, to the stone. I just yeah. wasn't sure the way you're talking about. No, it. so he holds the sword and he ends up fainting. So basically, Excalibur. <laughs> okay, now again, we are talking <laughs> yeah. about a real sword. a real sword. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll you know Excalibur. I'll call okay. it by Excalibur. No, and that fine. is not a, a pet name. Way. Okay, yeah, that's fine. So he pulls Excalibur, and everyone you know in slow motion is oh gasps. You know he's pulled the sword and he faints so the power of this of excalibur is too much for him and he faints and this happens two or three times before he masters excalibur he keeps it glows blue and he tries to use it and he faints right so they take maybe that maybe that's what happened is like the scenes like so wowed me that i fainted <laughs> yeah i think yeah. i wasn't that's asleep it. i fainted excalibur at, 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 power. The, at the when i fell in awe to the power of excalibur yeah, I feel like I know your taste in film, and I don't think that's what <laughs> happened. So so he ends up pulling the sword from the stone. And meanwhile, this uh, mage character who never gets a name, she's just known as mage, but she's been watching the whole situation for Merlin. We find out she's a friend of Merlin, or, you know, working with Merlin. And so she's there to help him along his journey. So she's kind of waiting in the wings. But, uh, yeah, they find him. Is that Morgana? Or they don't say. Mage. That's mm-hmm. literally literally the only thing we know so uh they find the sword and they capture him and i don't I, honestly maybe i fall asleep i don't even remember what happens after he gets passed out the first time Ugh. this i i hated this movie i don't even it remember him so passing out me tired you know it's, about it. <laughs> it really is boring so uh maybe i'll just read through the synopsis because sure. i seriously can't remember what happens in this movie um okay am i mistaken in that they never called any of these people by name as he's rounding up these people, I don't really remember them oh, using names. Oh, are you talking names. about Arthur's friends? Yeah. They use names, but they weren't even knights like, that I remembered. Uh, Orange and Blonde and Mr. Payne. Yeah. They get, it, well, because uh, like at the end when, he, when, when I'm going to jump to the end because hopefully you'll forget that we jumped and we'll just be done. Um, but <laughs> well, I got to get to the sword since it's the King Arthur movie. But at movie. the end where they knight them. <laughs> yeah. Like they, I felt like it was like, oh, that's, it was, it, no, was, it, it was, wasn't, it was positioned in a way like it felt like they were trying to be like, oh, that's Percival. No. Oh, that's, you know what I mean? They and, said their names, but they used like first names. So like, they they tried to give some of the characters like Guy Ritchie names, you know, right. like Bill, played by Aiden Gillen, who is uh, Littlefinger, 
uh, right. in Game of Thrones, he was called, I don't even remember. I mean, that's how forgettable it is, but he's called like... So they were like, using nicknames, and then at the end, it was supposed Sir to be William. It was supposed to be revealed, like, oh, this has been... And none of them were Lancelot, but like, you know... None of them were the... But that's the problem, though, is that the knights were not ones that you would know. Right. So, like... I like Percival was Percival was the only one that really jumped out. There was one other name it seems like. That. Right, like, because oh, yeah, okay, yeah. well because his friends are Rubio, Tristan, and Percival. Right, mm-hmm. I don't remember Rubio and Tristan being knights of the Round Table. So yeah. that's that's why you didn't recognize them because gotcha. Rubio and Tristan. Right. So then Morgana Le Fay is the half brother of Arthur. Nope. No, 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 no. no. I'm really thinking of something. No, no. So that that's the thing. Like the classic Arthur Arthurian Mm storyline is not in the only thing you got going on is the names and the sword. Yes, that is literally it. He he doesn't have a half brother. You know, his father dies, but he knew his father. There's no Merlin. You know, there's mention of him. Um, It's that that's a pretty criminal offense. (laughs) You know? Yeah, Yeah, that's like doing Sherlock Holmes without Watson. Yeah. Yeah, it right. really it really is. Uh Sir Bedivere, that's that's the one that I really besides from Percival, um, but uh Sir Bedivere is played by um Dijaman Hansu. We just talked about him with the Guardians because oh. he was in the first Guardians movie. Uh he, Who? he Yeah. He play, he plays uh Sir Bedivere and he actually was a knight under King Uther. So okay. you know, he's the connection to Arthur. You know, he worked for his father and respected him and he was loved by King Uther. So he's a good guy. And so he ends up kind of helping Arthur along his journey and and uh you know, obviously he's going to become one of his knights. But uh let's see, together with his friends and Bedivere's men, Arthur stages a series of ambushes and attacks to force Vortigan out of his hiding. Aware that his maid is a spy for Vetagir, I don't remember any of this, Vortigan <laughs> announces plans to meet with his barons in Londinium, sending a body double in his place. There was the, a body double? I, 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 I know. The, <laughs> you guys the, both fell asleep at the same time. I, I really think we did. The, Wait, does that mean we were sleeping together? Technically. Well, it's fine. <laughs> you guys are, are like the modern Guinevere and Lancelot. Congratulations. <laughs> good. good for you. It's okay. The rebels quickly Wait, real- so who are we cheating on? Oh, Does that make King Arthur? King Arthur? <laughs> oh, uh, no, don't put me in this. <laughs> the rebels quickly realize the deception. Joe, it's your analogy. <laughs> well, Joe, that would be Joe. The rebels quickly realize the deception, but attack anyway, which was all part of his plan. In the process, one of them is captured while Rubio is severely wounded and left behind. Wait, Marco Rubio was in this? <laughs> the others take refuge. and explains a- why nobody had health care. <laughs> The others take refuge in a fighter's school run by Arthur's mentor, George. So this is the other thing. Arthur was not raised to be a knight, which I think this was a blatant cash grab from the international market. Arthur was raised and taught to fight martial arts by an Asian master. Yes. You hear that, Dan? Arthur was raised in martial arts by an Asian master, Not, not by a knight to learn how to be a great swordsman, martial arts uh, yeah okay so I, i'm i'm a little concerned about the the that that just means that they didn't want to train charlie hunnam and in, into in, in uh being a, a well he never man. has to swing the sword in this movie so yeah. there you know what no, i mean and like, what he does is in slow motion right. <laughs> yeah and it's that cgi so, slowdown thing right. but and, does he do martial arts oh there's no good hand-to-hand scenes there's there's some there's some rough Roughhousing. <laughs> the roughhousing. There's some there's some homoerotic grab ass, but beyond that, seriously, this Don't movie fool around with the roughhousing. When we say this movie is boring, and we both literally fell asleep, maybe for longer than we realized, it's because there's nothing going on in this movie. There's no good action scenes. So anyway, they take refuge in this martial arts dojo because really he's trained not. by by George, Master George. Oh. The sensei. Uh, seeing the mage being held at knife point, Arthur is overcome by his rage and unleashes Excalibur's potential, single-handedly killing all of the enemy soldiers. So back to the CGI crap vest I was talking about. So, so he's got mage rage. Yes. <laughs> there's never any good action scenes. There's no good hand-to-hand combat. There's no good sword fighting. When Arthur finally gets mad because his friends and his the master of the dojo is mm-hmm. uh, in harm's way. Mm-hmm. There's like a hundred guards and he literally, the sword glows blue. Mm-hmm. He goes crazy or whatever. And he goes crazy a few times, which again yeah. is Charlie Hunnam. Just, it's horrible. It is one of those mm-hmm. just atrocious performances. He gets mad and just yells and it's crazy. But he, he, the sword glows 
blue and he swings it and think Sauron at the beginning of Lord of the Rings. Oh, Remember when starts, he swings the yeah. mace and they all go boo woo and yeah. they all just that's literally what happens in this movie. So they did they didn't want to train him to do yes. swordplay, so they just said swing it one time, and everybody just fall. That's what happens. Do you remember? Were you yeah. waiting for that part? I was. He swings Excalibur, and it kind of slows down. He swings it. There's like a light explosion, and then all of a sudden, there's 100 guards on the ground. Mm-hmm. That's the sword fighting we get in this movie. That's it's cheap. so cheap. Which I don't get. Like This isn't a cheap movie. Right. It's been $175 million dollars on it. Where did it go? Yeah, it's got to be all like the armor. I mean, filming, I mean, because it's not all CG. You got these characters and armor and knights. It's got to be. Craft oh. services must have been amazing. Yeah. <laughs> well, also. Well, if, you know, when you film it, I mean, you, you, you have that many people on uh, your tab at Medieval Times. That is, <laughs> that is expensive. Medieval Times is not cheap. That I know that for a cheap. fact. That is expensive. You're right. They probably just went there. They outfitted them with the swords. That yeah. stuff's expensive. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was weird when Arthur had one of those like glowing goblets with like the <laughs> yeah. pink light flashing. And yeah. <laughs> and they had Diet Pepsi. Yeah. <laughs> so, 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 yeah. So that's... That, that I would have stayed awake for. Okay. <laughs> Diet Pepsi. There you go. So that's that's the first time that we see him use Excalibur. And so at that point, if, if you stayed awake up until this point and haven't left the theater, which if I wasn't reviewing this movie, <coughs> I really would have been tempted I, to leave the theater. I would if I wasn't one. reviewing it, I would have I would have left after I fell asleep. Yeah. I'd have just been like, This is I don't care. Definitely. Uh, yeah. I don't leave we've talked about this before. I don't leave the theater at movies. I've I've I really hate to do that. This one I would have been gone. I did it once. Yeah, yeah. I one, think one, one time. I think what I, was your movie? Mikhail's Navy. <laughs> it was just yeah. so 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 bad. I've walked out of two movies. I walked out of uh, Being Human, a Robin Williams movie that was really like new agey, stupid, like yeah. just awful. And then I uh, I walked out of the Thin Red Line with Terrence Malick. Both times because I was so bored. Like, wow. like, I, like, it's not like Malik did something that enraged me. I was just, except, right. bo- except boring. He's one of those directors that's more art over substance. He's yeah. a polarizer. And I was just like, we, we were an hour and a half in, and I'm like, normally an hour and a half in, I'm like, well, I'll power through. You probably got yeah. you know half an hour left. Yeah. But I was just like, we still have another hour and a half of this? Yeah. I'm out. If you're not yeah. in for an art show, I mean, yeah. he, it's yeah. a very artistic. What's the uh, Babble? Is that another one of his? Yes. Where no, just, no, that wasn't his. That was uh, the same guy that did oh, Amore Peros and... Oh, okay. Are you thinking of Tree of Life? Tree of Life. Tree Sorry. Of Life. I, yeah. I put those in kind of the same... Yeah. Maybe they both have Brad Pitt. And I think, ba- kind of I think ba- Brad Pitt's I think Babble yeah. was better. Yeah. I mean, I think it had more of a I'm thinking a of Tree of Life, though, where I yeah. think it's just like... It's, it's so artistic, it's, and if you're not in the right. mood for just an... When you say art house movie... This is like an art gallery movie, you know. But anyway, so yeah, so when we finally see him use Excalibur, and I use the word use very lightly, he swings it and people just magically fall to the ground. And he's like, you know, it cuts back to him and he's like, oh, wow. You know, it's, it's just stupid. I just imagine him like, I mean, based on the how little they trained him, I just see him like, I imagine him like swinging it like you see a kid swinging the lightsabers at the toy aisle at Target. Uh, yeah. You know? I mean, it's, basically. And everybody just going, oh, you got me. It did glow blue. <laughs> so as night falls and riots break out over Londinium, the rebels take shelter in a safe house where they are soon joined by Rubio and his son, Blue. Unbeknownst to them, the Black Legs commander, Carton, which who might be the Roose Bolton character, has been following the wounded Rubio, and he and Vortigan interrogate him for information. Arthur manages to save Blue, but not before he watches his father die. So they kill one of Arthur's friends. Afterwards, Arthur, angered by his failures, throws the sword into the lake and runs into the forest. So he just got this thing. He's now throwing it away. And this is when he does his, like, flash dance type, just crazy, manic... He, he's were you awake for this he's in the mud he's just like he just runs it's five minutes of him he throws the sword in the lake and he runs through the forest we're following him just running and then he's in the mud and it's slow motion and it's raining and mud's everywhere and he's just ah. it, maybe, maybe i fell asleep twice it's so <laughs> stupid it is so stupid he just it's, it's just slow motion him in the rain and mud yelling at the top of his lungs but it's silent but you know it's him ah, you know it's just the it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous uh he stops at a small marsh and the lady of the lake pulls him in so basically he's like knee deep or not even deep and the hoopla in this. Oh, no 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 <laughs> when knee deep in so, the hoopla uh, sorry i hate that song when knee deep in the hoopla is a step in the right direction 
Right. <laughs> I just, I just hate. That is the worst song. So, so, so he's in the. He m- built this kingdom. No, he built. Oh, this, I can't. No, I, no, he didn't. Stop. He built this kingdom. I, I, out. I, no. <laughs> Stop. Sorry. The sword of the no, no, no. On stone you and roll. No. <laughs> no, stop. It's not. Cannot. He built this every, kingdom on stone and roll. No. Every no. no. Every awful. time somebody talks about <laughs> that song, you know, somewhere a a a, a, a independent rock and roll band dies. <laughs> so he has his little fit after he throws the sword into the lake, but the lady of the lake somehow goes to the area of the mud that he's in and pulls him in through the mud that he's kneeling in. So somehow the lake connects to the mud that he can kneel in. That works, but okay. Okay. Pulls him in and gives him a futuristic vision of uh, Camelot. And by the way, Camelot's established. So this is not King Arthur. We jumped ahead now. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Uther was the king of Camelot. This is not Arthur becomes a great knight and founds Camelot. Okay. Uther is the king of Camelot already. So Camelot's established, which is another thing that's different from most yeah. of the Arthurian legends. So so she shows Arthur a vision of a destroyed Camelot. And so this is where... Would, he, would you say that she counts the money underneath the bar? Is that what she's doing? No. <laughs> no. Not even. On Dan's, <laughs> on Dan's authority, no. <laughs> so so oh. she gives him this vision, and of course, and then hands him the sword, you know, she yeah. that she had recovered from being thrown in the lake. So he realizes, I have to do something, or, you know, my father's kingdom and the people will be destroyed. Uh, so recognizing that only he can put an end to his uncle's reign, Arthur reunites with Bedivere, George, Kung Fu Master George, and Percival. When they return to the rebel hideout, however, they discover all of their allies dead, Vortigan having found them thanks to information provided by a captured rebel. They encounter Cardin, who delivers a message from the king. If Arthur does not surrender himself by nightfall, both Mage and Blue will die. So they've now captured Mage, <laughs> not Madge, Mage, Mage, and Blue, the kid of his friend that died. Oh boy, Blue. Right? <laughs> but he's not in this movie. He's not. Bedivere is able to get the former released in exchange for Arthur. Okay, so he gets the knight released in exchange of Arthur surrendering himself and the sword. So I guess you could say that they have the chokehold, but they just lost the beat. <sighs> no. What? Stop. No? No. That's not, just... that's not what's going on? <laughs> Literally, perhaps, but no. So just as Vortigan is about to kill his nephew, so they've got Arthur dead to rights, he's got the sword, he's about to kill him. I swear to God, do you have freaking, we built the city lyrics? <laughs> I'm like, he does have lyrics up. <laughs> stop, stop I've seen you frantically typing over yeah, there. Stop. I'm like, hold up. <laughs> okay. Now we're starting to get into like, okay, Didi put in the hoopla. Yeah, I get it. Because that's pretty yeah, common. Yeah. But now you're starting to like dive pretty deeply. Like, I don't think anybody knows the lyrics to that song that well. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've never, have, have you ever really read the lyrics to this song? It's terrible. It's well, it's got to be. Song. Well, it's got to be more interesting. Please read us it, some. It's just word salad. It doesn't <laughs> yeah, make any sense. It did not make what any are sense. Some of Say you don't know me or recognize my face. Say you don't care who goes to that kind of place. Knee deep in the hoopla, sinking in your fight. Too many runaways eating up the night. So it's just words that rhyme. Yeah. I mean, it's not yeah. actually yeah. saying Mar- anything. It gets worse. Believe it or not, Marconi plays the mamba. Listen to the radio. <laughs> Someone's always playing corporation games. Who cares? They're always changing corporation names. <laughs> <laughs> we just want to dance here. Someone stole the stage. They call us irresponsible. Write us off the page. <laughs> you, you should do a spoken word it's night ju- of just with people snapping. <laughs> it's just another Sunday in a tired old street. Wouldn't you be on a tired old street? I, I I've never. Uh, Police have got the chokehold. Oh, and we just lost the beat. Raul Julia says, "Stop." Yeah. Stop. Oh no. <laughs> so so basically, he has him dead to rights, and this is where the giant snake. It's Tom. Stop. We gotta oh, get. I gotta share. <laughs> okay, one more, and that's don't, it. Please don't tell us you need us, cause we're just simple fools looking for America. Crawling through your schools. What? <laughs> what does that even mean? That's just <laughs> terrifying. It doesn't even make any sense. So this, are they kids? This is one of those what? songs that like people loved, and it's just. Uh, it's, I remember the first time I heard oh. this song. We built this city. I swear to God, I thought it was a. It. I thought it was a Bud Light commercial. <laughs> yeah, I, I turned it on, and I was like, "Oh, this is really catchy for a jingle." And I'm like, 
Jesus Christ, how long is this jingle? And it's, it just kept going. Yes. And then I was like, wait, this is a song? This is an honest to God song? Yeah. I didn't have the, and, and this is one of those songs that's like, I, I hated it immediately and hated yeah. all that summer. All yeah. that summer. And there was and a then, lot of opportunities was, to hate it. And then I had a long kind of stretch where I hadn't had a reaction until that uh, Black Eyed Peas song where they somehow managed to tell us the days of the week like they're revealing them to us. <laughs> was it? I Got a Feeling? Yeah. I think oh, and that one came out. I was like, oh, this is another one. Is like, oh, Kokomo. Sorry, I hated that too. Yeah. But those two... We built a city close Kokomo. proximity. Ooh, yeah. I think I think we built the city was like eighty seven and Kokomo was eighty eight. Oh, freaking Kokomo! There's another one. It's like, oh, what do you have against Bermuda and the Bahamas? No, no, no. It's just that that <laughs> song is god awful. Yeah. Like that to, to me represents when people like say, "Oh, I hate the Beach Boys." It's like, well, that's why they earned it. Yeah, they, they earned it because not only does it like absolutely stand against everything that brian wilson like did and 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 made but then it just and it has john stamos uh, you know you, you know, see that video you're like <laughs> you know tony Tennille was in the beach boys for a while i believe it you know the, and the you captain. know uh seasons in the sun you know by terry jacks yeah that was originally intended for the beach boys yes and they didn't record it and yeah. he did it solo because he was in the Beach Boys for a while, I believe. Yeah, there was like a, a session guy that there was a lot going on with the Beach Boys at certain times. Yeah, Charlie Manson stuff like that. But you know, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, that Sorry. is weird. Okay, These so are, yeah, so all of this gives me the same feeling that I have for just hearing about this. Interesting. Movie. Well, yeah, just be happy you didn't have to see it. So this brings us to the giant snake. Tom, any <laughs> recollection of the I, giant snake? Well, I did have to pee. Well, no. no. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just a couple, a couple sprinkles for you. So, so we. Well, we, you know, as you get older, sometimes the pee works like that. <laughs> so the so the mage we found out can control animals, but also apparently the mage can summon giant horror, horrible, horrible, horrible CGI snakes. So to save the day, right before Arthur's about to die, they ride a wrecking ball into their guitars. No, no. <laughs> Acknowledge you. She she <laughs> she summons this terrible CGI snake that slithers in and just starts eating all the bad guys. That's that's the big the big savior of the day here. Um, it devours Cardin and his men while the others free Vortigan's prisoners and lead them in a revolt against the Blacklegs. A desperate Vortigan s- sacrifices his only daughter, and this is where we learned that in the beginning of the movie when he went to the the three like sirens there there's like two beautiful sirens that have like octopus tentacle legs but they look beautiful almost like mermaids like when you think of the old tellings of mermaids how they're beautiful but they're really killers like henate porn something like that but (laughs) but so in this mythology there's like these sirens of the water and there's these two beautiful women but they have like tentacle legs and there's like one big fat ugly grotesque one but anyway he in the beginning jude law's character goes there and he sacrifices uh, his wife, I believe, and we don't really know why. But then we see Uther's dead, and then we go on with our story. Well, here they they when he when he's about to lose, he goes back to these monsters and he says, "I you know I need to defeat Arthur." And they say, "Well, you know, it requires a blood sacrifice, someone you care about." So he goes and he sacrifices his daughter. You know, he goes and he's obviously upset over it, and he shanks her and he sacrifices her to the water. And we see him become the evil demon knight who we see slay. Uther in the beginning so we didn't know that was literally Jude Law we thought it was just some monster that killed Uther. oh yeah I remember that because it's like they killed Jude Law but then he's got to fight him again as this evil big tough guy yeah so so we but we didn't know until now that it was Jude Law that killed his brother we thought he had him killed I mean we right. reckoned that he had him killed so he could become king but he literally when he sacrifices uh, a loved one to these monsters he turns into like a demon ghost rider you know he's like got a ghost face and he's in yeah. flames and that's who killed uther so arthur has to fight this guy uh he he confronts him and in a separate dimension mind you because it's cheaper to render it absolutely so they go from camelot to a, another dimension and despite his fighting skill arthur is quickly beaten down no i think they meant in spite no 
Uh, yeah, this, whoever wrote this is, <laughs> is wrong when they say despite his fighting skill, because I don't remember any of that. Uh, just as he is about to submit, he witnesses a flashback of the moment his father was struck down, having turned his own body into stone to prevent Vortigan from seizing the sword. So the stone, Dan, is Uther. Oh, okay. the, he he literally just... pulled the sword out of his father. He flings the sword up in the air as he's about to be killed by the demonic knight and the sword goes into his body which is transformed into stone so uther transformed himself into stone which i've never heard of that telling of the story I don't yeah yeah i, yeah, I mean i've heard of being rock hard before but <laughs> so like, uh man. sword in a different kind of stone yeah so arthur snatches the sword before it impales uther <laughs> So in his memory world, yes. Arthur snatches the sword before it impales Uther, who gives him the right to wield it. So somehow now we're flashbacking, but yet he's changing history. Yeah, like it's, it's just, like, what? What is happening? Like, he's already, his father's been dead and he pulled the sword from his father. So now in this other dimension, he's able to time travel and take the sword and talk <laughs> to his father. But when he comes back, his dad's not alive. No. So I, I right I, makes sense. I feel one. like they were just riffing. Like, oh, did this, they have yeah. a script, or this, did they just be like, "Well, this made no this. sense." So what if I yeah. go back in time? So of course, Arthur destroys Vortigan, uh, Vortigan's weapon, and kills him. So he he saves the day. In an aftermath, Arthur knights George, his kung fu master, in Percival, <laughs> and begins building a round table, but. You would think that they've never seen a table before, right? Because they talk like, about ending on a terrible joke. Well, it, well, and then they like they ha- they show that like he's working on something, and it's something being a giant table, a giant you, round to the, thing to the viewers. Oh, a giant <laughs> round thing with a with a cover over it. Yeah. Like like we're not going to realize yeah, it's what, a round. What could it be? Yeah, and then when he pulls the so he pulls the cover off of it, and, and it's, it's like, like a piece of like imagine a piece of a pie is pulled out of a this pie, pie right? Looks like yeah. yeah, so it's a yeah. partially it's almost a full table with a piece missing, and his three now knights proceed to make jokes about what is that a dance floor? Oh. I, I'm not kidding. Yeah. I'm oh. not riffing here. Really? What is that a dance floor? It's a fucking table, right? Yeah. Like, it's it's basically I think it had chairs at it like I yeah they get yeah it's not funny like talk about any it's it's like you know when a movie we've seen it before when they play it off with some really bad jokes yeah. I mean this was terrible the, not only have we seen a terrible movie but the jokes about knights not being able to understand what a table was well I mean I just, I'm trying <laughs> to remember in the original story like that was a radical concept of making a round table right like there was there was a reason for it which was that everyone was equal, equal at the table yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, but but i mean but it was like kind of an alien concept though wasn't it that yeah. like because it was hard to make wood round and so it didn't really happen so when he was like i will make a round table people were like whoa you're blowing our minds yeah. you know but, sorcery yeah but but, uh, but I feel like that was more like why is this table round? Like we get that this is physically a table because we're not morons. Mm-hmm. Like you know what I mean? Like that's the right. idea could be radically different. But these three guys literally like it was not played Ugh. like they even knew what a table was. It was so stupid. So at the very end, he now, finds right, Thor's hammer. Yeah, basically in the post credits. Basically, scenes. so he's not a king yet at this point right so so at the very end he's crowned you know officially crowned the king blue and the prostitutes arrive with the crown of uther which might may or may not be a youth now i'm really wondering why they call that boy blue (laughs) (laughs) which arthur accepts (laughs) he then addresses his new subjects holding the sword aloft in the air to the people Uh, cut to black terrible oh but I, I guarantee, Tom, that we fell asleep during the same part because that entire third paragraph of Wikipedia so they, they that I read. should have called this Arthur the beginning. Right. And then you would at least be able to be like, okay. And so. they even say this is the legend of the sword. I know technically, like, it was the sword, how it went into the stone, yeah. him pulling it out of the stone, and him using it two times. But it's not really. But really, the, the legend, the of, legend the sword, of the sword. Okay, it's so not, if it's the legend of the sword, though, it would be really. Arthur would be a. Right portion of this because be more of they everyone would construct, who's, you know, yeah, exactly. It, um, seriously, I think well, I think we see Excalibur swung three times in the movie. It's oh, so boring. The action's so bad. It, it is not. 
it makes the 2004 film seem good by comparison. You know that that was not mm. a good movie, but honestly, as far as like action scenes go and the dark grittiness of it being more of a, yeah. that was more of a traditional night movie. You know, they didn't use the magic and, mm. and, and that mm. stuff, yeah. which, which was missing. But in comparison to this one, it's like, geez, I'd rather watch that any day. Terrible. It, it was awful. It was. Like I said, there's bad. a great story there. Oh, of yes. course. Why aren't you telling it? Why are yeah. you doing this other stuff? King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. What a legendary, yeah. epic story. And it, mm-hmm. Honestly, it's never been told well on film. Yeah. Well, what about the old... I, I, I don't I know would, if you're going to video recover. I but, do. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, I, really, it's probably its greatest uh, screen presence is Camelot, I, the musical. I consider Excalibur. Excalibur. Yeah, but I just—I still don't feel like is it that really, your video no, recovery? It is because that's what I was going to say. But, I think that's probably the but best. But I would also say Excalibur borrows heavily. It's it borrows from a lot of right. stories. So they take they they pick and choose from other legends and other right. parables. Yeah, so it's it, not a, a linear translation of the Legend of Arthur. Yeah. Uh, but I think that still, I actually just watched it, and so I was like, that it still holds up. Does it? You know what? Before it's, you go into your recovery, you know what's better movie than this? The Sword in the Stone. Yeah. Well, it sounds like this, that's the movie that this should have been. Right. Right. Which is, it know, should have been a kid Arthur. and how yeah. he finds the sword and then is to, raised to, to be a knight. Point, you yeah. know, Sword in the Stone's great. Yeah. That's yeah. fun. It has Merlin. It has magic. It has the sword. Like, it has Higgadus Figgadus. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So anyway, I was just going to say, like, man, I was like, that movie is yeah. leaps and bounds. No, uh, 1981's Excalibur, which had, like, the first screen appearances of really young Liam Neeson and Patrick Stewart and Helen Mirren and, and Gabriel Byrne and, and just all these actors that, you know... Um, uh, it shot on location in Ireland, shot by John Borman, who, you know, uh, at that time hadn't really, uh, he wasn't a, a uh, l- like a, an epic director, but this certainly helped establish it. Uh, and uh, it, it's, it's the legend of Arthur and it's, it, it picks and chooses. It does like hit all the beats, but I think it hits all the beats very well. Um, and it's, you know, Uther and, and well, that's what I was kind of thinking of when I was trying to, you know, synopsize the movie, yeah. but right. Um, and uh, Nicole Williamson plays Merlin, and Merlin's a big part of this movie. And and we got we see young Arthur. You know, we see his conception. We see his being a you know uh, a you know a knight's aide. He he inadvertently you know when he pulls the sword from the stone is because they're at like some tournament, and he goes to his brother's sword has been st- stolen. And he's like, he just a needs a replacement. So he's got to replace it. Yeah. Okay. And he just takes it out. Like people know? have kind of ignored the sword in the stone because it's like, yeah. nobody's getting it out of that thing. Yeah. People yeah. try and they all, and everybody fails. We see Patrick Stewart like, and this yeah. is actually funny because I like even, a little Patrick's, bit of poop comes out. <laughs> it's funny because Patrick Stewart, he's not that, he, he's so good that you see him like when he wasn't quite as good on, on film. Right. Because he was a stage actor. Sure. And this is one of his early screen appearances, and it's 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 a bit off. Yeah, um, but everybody like Harold Mirren is not like it's so funny to see a lot of people who are so good not be that good. <laughs> Did Patrick Stewart look exactly like he does now? He has hair. Uh, when he has, I say hair, he's a little hair. Yeah, he has some hair. Isn't it amazing though? In the past thirty years, how oh, well yeah. he's aged. Yeah. Well, you know, he's he's had the same look for so right. long. But man, he, I mean, he ages well. Like the guy gets around. Yeah. It's amazing when you see like how active he is mm-hmm. and still with his performances and theater. Yeah. And uh, you know, the guy's a real healthy yeah. guy. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's funny. It's like when um, who's the other guy that that went like Steve Martin? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I know it's not like the exact same like body types or anything, but it's just funny when you see a guy with like white hair, gray yeah. hair, and then thirty years later he's got the same hair. Yeah. The same thing with Patrick Stewart. It's like once he went bald, but, and it's like thirty years he hasn't aged. Yeah. Uh, this movie um, was one of the first movies that sort of like uh, showed the the weight and heft of of knight's armor. So you see the battles, and there's many many battles, and they're pretty bloody. Not by today's standards, but uh, back in 81, I mean, this movie was really brutal. Pretty edgy. Which is what you want to see. We do not get any of that in in this movie. And you see, like, I mean, the struggle of, like, when they're fighting is, like, you know, it's because they have armor on. So everything should be heavy and there's weight. People should be swinging big, heavy, broad swords. Well, and they try. And you can just see, like, they're kind of lumbering. And 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 there's slow battles because of of that. Sure. 
but it's i mean and it's it's a long movie but the visually i think is where it really nails like they do such a good job of kind of like adding you know some of the without the budget or the effects you know because like there's the dragon's breath and stuff like that and they you know they there's a lot of stuff that they couldn't do at the time but if you if you watch it now i mean it sounds substantially better than what you got oh my gosh i yes absolutely there are (laughs) yeah there are not many movies I would watch this yeah. over. You know, I, I can't think of like, you think of bad movies yeah. and I'm like, pretty much I name them and I would watch it yeah. over this. Yeah. So outside of Camelot, I think this is the only uh, version that I've ever really enjoyed. And I, it's, it still holds up. Um, you know, it, you got to look at it through, you know, a little bit of a filter. Of, and I, I think that's what I was saying is it's never really had a truly great, presence cinematically no it's, it's this never is had a, this is never a had story a great, that needs to be not an epic that's just like right this is a story like if honestly you know i know that hbo is always trying to like trying to figure out what to do post game of thrones yeah this oh my gosh it. there you go yeah do this well because and do it based around the sword there right. was there was a show that wasn't too bad called merlin i'm not saying it was like right. groundbreaking but it was pr- it was pretty good and that revolved around more the magic yeah. and the origin of merlin yeah and so they've been able to do some decent shows yeah. revolving around this you can you can take a long narrative you know look at the story it sounds like what they're trying to do is just get greedy and build a franchise right yeah. but know. yeah i mean there's a great book once in future king which mm-hmm. is very lengthy and has a lot of stories like you could really go to town and building a franchise around that book yeah and i i don't know why no one will you know who i think would be a great director of a good king arthur movie kenneth Branagh. well i mean kenneth Branagh, obviously because of his shakespearean background sure. tarantino no <laughs> mel gibson yeah yeah Absolutely. You give Mel Gibson King Arthur, and he does what he did with Braveheart. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. we've seen recently that he can still make good movies. And good action slash war Good action. Movies. That's what I, exactly. I mean, I know that wasn't a straight-up action movie, no, but, but, there, but it has very intense war scenes, which are close yeah. to action See, scenes. that's I mean, that's my proving point that he still has it. So mm-hmm. I would say because of Braveheart, but then you say that's 92. But if he just had a war movie last year that holds up, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's why I'm like, put yeah. those two things together and make a a great telling of King Arthur, and I think Mel Gibson would be your man. No, I agree. I think he could do that really well. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dan. Of course. So uh, I guess uh, look at that. Look at that. That did it. We hit our 60 60 seconds. 60 minutes of suck. We should have done a 60 seconds. I wish it was 60 seconds. We should have done a 60 seconds. 60 minutes. Well, it almost was with all its tangents. Yeah. So um, so cut it down. Did we build this city, get more time (laughs) than our synopsis? There are very few things (laughs) in life where we built this city is a welcome reprieve from the topic See, at hand. I mean, it, it's just just desserts for not seeing the movie <laughs> is that I had to suffer through you had the dramatic worst, you had the worst of both reading worlds. of a song oh. I just may hate. That might be my least favorite song ever. <laughs> well, j- just remember, this movie made under $20 million on a $170 million budget. I don't think the international box office is going to save it. No. I mean, this is one of those type of movies. I would compare this to Warcraft. Like, it is what Warcraft was right. a year or two ago. Right. Except, honestly, it, Warcraft's way better than And this. Warcraft has a has an audience overseas that I don't think For Arthur game, does. Yeah. I mean, I know that Arthur obviously has an, an audience in, in Great Britain, but I don't know that... A the, history. Right, yeah, I don't know that the Chinese market is going to care about yeah. an Arthurian legend yeah. in the same way they will about a Warcraft movie. So. Well, and I don't think Duncan Jones is going to be held accountable for Warcraft no. the way Guy Ritchie's going to be... Yeah. Oh, held, and yeah, held my, accountable for this. That's my last point. And I, I wrote a review on Review STL. I, I had to write about this, even though I, pay, you know, why? Because I paid to see this, and I was so mad. <laughs> I'm like, usually I only write a review if I go to a, a preview, but I'm like, I have to write about, like, get it out, you know. Sure. And and so at the end of my review, the last thing I say is I am very worried for Aladdin because if he's because we thought, oh, Guy Ritchie, he's got that street yeah. rat thing where he's criminals mm-hmm. and heists. He tried to do that to Arthur, and it yeah. just completely bombed. Yeah, I just I. I I get your concern and I share it, but I also think Disney's going to have a much tighter reign on yeah. what comes in than uh, than they probably. Why didn't hear. WB with a hundred and seventy million dollar budget? Though? Well, I mean, I get that they're not deal- Disney, but, but you're deal- you're also dealing with executives which aren't artistic yeah. in nature. And here in Disney, you're I think they have a, one a better branch of executives, and yeah. two I think they have a template to work from. Like sure. they already yeah. have made this movie and they made it well. So if he goes too far afoul from from the template it better be damn good yeah. and if it's not they're going to rein him back in so when oh. john favreau went kind of a foul far 
off a file, I think a little bit from the template with uh, with Jungle, uh, Book. Jungle Book. It was great, and yeah, they were yes. like, "Okay, we love what how you've kind of taken the core story and repurposed mm-hmm. it, and kind of reconfigured it, and and this is wonderful." Because Jungle I, Book kind of needed that. Yeah, it did. Yeah, Jungle Book, Cinderella. Beauty yeah. and the Beast, those are yeah. remakes. Well, like, the funny thing is, like with Favreau, if you watch the making of, is like he actually steered closer into the source material to the original, than, yeah, than what Disney had an- anticipated. Right. Yeah, they, you know, like they were, you to know, the, yeah, to the book, not yeah. the film. Yeah, they were yeah. like, oh, you know, okay, because like, like Pete's Dragon is a great example. Is like yeah. that's that it's a green dragon. That's and the only that's thing they it. carry over. Yeah, a kid named Pete, and 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 <laughs> rightly so, right? Because the original is 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 just not good. I no. finally watched that remake. It is so much better than the so original. So much better. Oh, it's, oh it's, my it's, gosh. it's a good movie. It's a so, it's yeah. a good quiet movie. Yeah. Um. But with Fabro, I mean, he was kind of like, well, I, I kind of wanted to do this, and I, I thought maybe we could do like a go down to New Orleans and call you know recorded uh, the Dix, Dixie you know band down there, and they're like, well, okay, you don't have to, and he's like, no, I think we should. So, but. He he had a vision and and they you know they're I don't know I with with Guy Ritchie I I don't trust him that's they better not know. give him a vision then so what I'm yeah. saying is that like so John Favreau had a vision and it worked for Jungle Book yes Cinderella Beauty and the Beast those are pretty much shot for shot remakes Guy Ritchie, like, needs, Guy to Ritchie be, needs to be on the remake he needs to be in the paint by numbers yes I think I think Favreau's a, a better yeah. director than Guy Ritchie. True. Yeah. Even though Guy Ritchie has more style, like more style a, and, and and honestly some movies he has more movies that are fun. Yeah. I don't Guy Ritchie has a flair. He has a cinematic language. When you see a Guy Ritchie movie, you know you're watching a Guy Ritchie yeah. movie. John Favreau is like Ron Howard in that um, he's a really good filmmaker, but he's a craftsman. And yeah. he, in the same way, it's, it's funny when an actor gets lost in a role, people think, oh, my God, he's wonderful. But when a director does it, they're yeah. like, oh, but you can't even tell that he made it. And it's like, well, how about you, not every movie needs to scream the director's name? Right. You know, and and Favreau, Ron Howard, they're they're mm-hmm. like that. They don't yeah. necess- you don't necessarily walk out of a movie. If you didn't know it was their movie, you wouldn't. Walk out yeah. saying in the same way like that's clearly Spielberg, that's clearly Tarantino. No. Look at Clint Eastwood. Yeah, same oh, yeah. think of that guy. I mean, when you look at all the movies, you forget about movies. He's oh yeah, done, and you're like, wow, he's there to serve the story. He's, yeah. he's he's not like trying to get that Clint Eastwood stamp on it, right? But I I think the thing that we're left with that I realized, and and you guys probably thinking a similar thing is when I left this movie, I don't think Guy Ritchie means what Guy Ritchie used to mean. No. <sighs> No, I, I think he's I a, honestly I think only he's a like serviceable. Director, there's three yeah. movies that I I I like, which are uh, Lock, Stock, Two Smoking Barrels, Snatched, and um, the Man Man from Uncle, the Man oh, from Uncle. No, oh. the first Sherlock Holmes. I didn't like Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. The first one, but I was gonna say like, I, I like the first this hour one. of that first yeah. Sherlock. Yeah, Holmes. I did not like the second one. Yeah, I was no. like, nah. and you didn't like Man from Uncle. Nah. Yeah. I mean, I. I think my disappointment with that movie is like it's because it was Guy Ritchie. I expected right. more. Gotcha. Versus like if it was somebody else, I probably would have liked it better. So oh, see, so when we say Guy Ritchie, we're thinking twenty years ago. Yeah. Guy yeah. Ritchie has not done that much great stuff. It's those yeah. first two movies and and Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, on that note, let's go around the table and everybody can say where to find them. Uh, this is Dan. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Graney sixty seven G R A N E Y. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R Bracket and ReviewSTL.com. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. Don't forget, you can find us on Facebook, the show that is facebook.com slash real spoilers or join the League of Show Shares group. While you're there, you can go to iTunes, rate, review, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at real spoilers. So that's it for this episode. Coming up on the next one, I believe the next movie du jour will be Alien Covenant. So that should be a good one. So thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Tom is knighted and sent forth to tell the tale. A hundred years of toilet pain to pull a stone.